Welcome to Politically Enraged, the Lefty's Refuge. Politically Enraged is a podcast purpose-built to discuss British and international disunity in political spaces, talk through ideas, introduce you to amazing people, and fight back against authoritarianism. My name is David Moo, I'm your host, and I hope you'll stick with us. Follow our Twitter at Political Rages, find us on Instagram and Coffee at Politically Enraged, and let's speak truth to power. Hi, gay. Welcome to Pride Month. If you haven't guessed already, I absolutely love that meme. And if you don't know what it is, you really need to look it up because it's hilarious. It's Pride Month right now. And Pride is a really interesting topic for LGBT plus people. And so I've decided to do a few podcasts about it throughout the month. Because one of the funny things about being gay is that you get told all the time that it's a massive part of your personality, that you make it your personality when you shouldn't, etc, etc. And the people that tell you that are people that make a lot of their personality around being heterosexual. They just don't realise it because it's so deeply accepted within society. People don't seem to realise that saying something like, oh yeah, my girlfriend likes that, or oh yeah, my boyfriend goes there, is advertising your sexuality, in a way. Doesn't mean that you're 100% straight, doesn't mean you're 100% gay, but it does mean you're advertising your sexuality. And I'm really tired of being told that we're not allowed to do exactly the same thing as heterosexuals. Further to that though, there's a misconception that in the UK, for gay people in particular, that things are a lot easier than they used to be. And I remember being at university and there was a bit of a renaissance with being gay, and I don't really remember facing many problems. Still had the same old rows about being able to play homophobic songs at Christmas and things like that, but it definitely wasn't like it is now, because if you ask me, we've definitely slipped back quite extensively. But we are still massively privileged, and I think that it's important to acknowledge that, which is why I'm hoping that there'll be a few dissenting voices from different areas of the LGBTQIA on this podcast over the coming weeks. I've already interviewed one trans guy, but I'd really like to interview more people from the community, because it's our stories that we really need to tell. And it's telling stories that really brings me to make this podcast episode. I've wrestled with speaking about this for a while because I need to be really honest. My last job was fine. Um, I was head of compliance for a local agency for a really long time. And I used to love my job. And discovering politics really in depth and really starting to realise that people listened to me when I spoke about it plus the outrage that's been caused by such a terrible government and all the other terrible things that have happened over the last few years really sort of ate my life. So work became slightly less important to me than it had before. But there's also another reason that I checked out of my old job. And if you know me in real life, there's the chance that you know exactly which story I'm going to tell today. Because I think it's important that we do. As I've said, there's absolutely no way that people like me are the most persecuted in our community. We're just not. That's a fact. But we do still face things every single day that are really annoying. So here's a few tips for people that are allies that might be interested to listen. Um, please don't ask whether we're the man or the woman in the relationship. We're either both men or both women. Bisexual people don't stop being bisexual because they have an opposite sex partner. And the idea of that is literally stupid. Transgender people are not a threat to you. They are transgender people. They're not coming for your rights. They're not doing anything on purpose to step on your freedoms. They just exist and they're not taking away anything. The only people that are making you oppressed is you. And you're not oppressed because you're a woman who's speaking out against trans people. You're oppressed because you're a bigot. 
women face far too much shit in the society that we're in. They get far too much bullshit. They're currently debating women's rights over in America. They're going to import that here, just so you're aware. We're going to see culture wars based on women's bodies. So what we don't need to do is start trying to fight about what exactly a woman's body is because there's roughly 51% of the entire world that's female and we really don't need to start dictating who is what. And I also have one more thing to say. In a world where, for some reason, my brain decided to be a man's brain that's attracted to other men and in a world where people can be transgender, however that presents... Why is it that people are so determined to hate people that diverge from, air quotes, the norm? We are the norm. We're part of the norm. You should be doing your level best to accept us and deal with the fact that we don't live our lives exactly the same way as you, but that doesn't mean that we're not entitled to the exact same respect, law and protection that you are. One of my favourite points to always debunk is this. The reason that there are anti-discrimination laws in place is not so that we get some kind of elevated social status, it's to stop us from being discriminated against. And in a completely fair society, those laws wouldn't need to exist. So stop pretending that we're taking things away from you by existing, when the fact is, if this society was actually fair, there wouldn't be any laws to protect us, because we wouldn't need to be protected. Speaking of which, this is why I'm making this podcast episode, I want people to understand the kind of shit that happens to us all too commonly. It was February 2019, and I was outside work. I used to smoke quite extensively, and it was first thing in the morning. I was outside with my friend Emma and my friend Joe. We were chatting away, getting ready to start work for the day. And one of the other managers, who was pretty much traditionally late, was trundling his way up the road. Me and him had been really good friends before this, and then we had a massive fallout. Don't really understand why. Don't really care now. You'll understand soon. As he was walking up the street, and as I still assumed that we were friends... I said, oh, nice to see you on time for once. And he said, shut up, you faggot. If you don't understand how offensive that word is, you are very privileged. A few things I need to preface. Me and he were quite good friends for a while. We actually went to see the semi-final of England in the last World Cup. And not once, but twice while we were there, he saw me flip my shit at two different people, one of whom called his friend the F-slur, another of whom called a football player that missed a goal the F-slur. So he knew exactly how much I fucking hated that word. Understandably, I waited for our boss to come in, and when she did, I said, I need to talk to you. I sat her down, and I said, he called me the F-slur. She said she was outraged, disgusted, she couldn't believe he'd done it. Her actual words were, well, he's fucked it for himself, hasn't he? To which I responded, yes. She said, you go back to your desk and I'll have a word with him. To which I was like, have a word? What? She said, I'll handle it, don't worry. So I got up, went back to my desk. He went in, he came out, he sat down. She called me back in. And apparently... He was drunk. As if that made it okay. He tipped up to work, pissed out of his face, and called me a slur. But it's okay, because he's drunk. She didn't say it was okay, but she tried to give it as a reason. There is no reason for calling someone a slur. If you call someone a slur, you're a piece of shit. The day wore out, I was furious. The week wore out, I was furious. A fortnight, furious. 
On the third week, he called me into the boardroom. Apparently, I'd been making him uncomfortable. I was still talking to him. I was still answering work questions. But if he asked me anything that wasn't anything to do with work, my standard response was, fuck off, which I think is pretty fair. And after calling me into this meeting in the boardroom, uh, one of the many things he did was, first of all, tell me it was meant to be a joke. I said, how is calling someone a slur ever a joke? Then he said, I was trying to stop you from having feelings for me because I know that you like me. I said, good job. I fucking hate you now. He did attempt to apologise, but this was three weeks later and clearly because someone had said to him, you're going to have to apologise because it's making the office really uncomfortable. And we wouldn't want to make people uncomfortable, would we? He stayed there, pissing the company about doing fuck all work and having gotten away with calling me a slur for another six months before he up and left to start up his own company. Meanwhile, my life got so screwed up that I stayed there Pissed off about everything that had happened for three more years, still holding it against my boss, still pissed off about it, and unable to ever reach any kind of conclusion. I once asked her, so are you, are you just not going to do anything about it then? And she told me, oh, I could take it to HR if you want. I said, I do want. I wanted you to when it happened. She was like, okay, okay, no problem. She never did. And the funny thing is, I've told this story to quite a few people. And you can tell who understands the gravity of being called a slur by someone. Because the people that don't have slurs about them are like, well, I mean, you know, maybe it was best that you just moved on. There's no point in ruining your career for someone. The people that have slurs about them are like, what the hell? My friend Joe that was with me, uh, he's black and he was like, I am disgusted that someone would say a slur to another person. That was absolutely disgusting. But the thing is, it wasn't just the fact that I got called a hate slur. Now, if you don't understand how dehumanising, humiliating, aggravating it is to be called a slur, you have to imagine that that word is used as slang to describe everything bad about you. And every horrendous person that you've ever met has called you that word. That's the word that gets yelled at you every time you've had your ass kicked just for being who you are. That's the word that people scream at you when they're punching you on the bus home from school. It's also the word that got yelled at you by two guys that held you down and pulled your pants off and sexually assaulted you when you were really young. So there's a reason that you, I, don't like that word. And you got called it by someone at work. And there's legal protections in place that say that if someone crosses that barrier, if someone calls you one of those words, if someone dehumanises you like that in front of other people, that they will face punishment. So when they don't, it lies bare just how fucked you are. Equality is only dependent on the people around you. It's not about you. It's not about how you behave. It's not about what you do to comport yourself in the world. You are at the mercy of other people. And other people won't even hold themselves to the law. Not to insult you, not to denigrate you, not to make you feel like shit. And this is the kind of stuff that happens all the time. I discussed this with other gay men. I've discussed it with my lesbian friends. Certainly discussed it with some of my trans mates. We get casually slurred and insulted. We get microaggressions and stupid questions and weird assumptions all the time. It's so tiring. 
along with another thing which is coming out. As I've gotten older, I've actually found I'm less willing to come out. Not because I'm like ashamed of being gay or anything like that, but because I'm so tired of it being a factor in how people treat me. Genuinely, like genuinely, and it might just be me, bearing in mind that this this whole episode is my experience and, and my understanding and, and how I feel about things. This is not, this is how everybody feels, it's just how I do, but still. It gets really wearing. Every single time you meet new people, you have the internal conversation of, do I need to tell them? Am I going to meet this person regularly? What if they react badly? Well, what if they do react badly? Who cares? It's, it's not my problem if they're bigoted. Oh, yeah, but they could make my life a nightmare. Is it going to seem like I'm being massively dramatic if I tell people? Why do they even care? Why do I even care? Over and over and over again. And then you're like, well, how do I do it? Do I just say like, oh, my ex-boyfriend said that, or that guy over there is attractive, or anything like that. Like, how do you do it? Over and over and over and over and over again. It does get exhausting. And situations like that make it even worse. I've actually found that since that happened, I'm less willing to come out to people when I'm in social settings, because I'm scared that they will call me that fucking word. It probably seems really dumb to people that don't understand it, like, to be scared of a word, to be scared of being called a word. But just imagine that your whole life, people have called you that word in your worst moments. Made you feel like shit using that word. And that word is associated with all the other bad memories. Even if people didn't call you it at the time, you remember all the times that people that said they loved you rejected you because of it. It brings all those feelings back over and over and over again. It never loses its potency. You get called that word ad nauseum by people that think that you're a freak, that you shouldn't be allowed to exist, that you should be killed and imprisoned because of who you are. That's what that word means. That's the essence of that word. And you're supposed to just let someone get away with calling you it. I made myself a promise after that, that the next time someone calls me that word in public, regardless of what else is going on, regardless of what travails it brings me, I'm going to do something to them that makes them think twice about ever opening their mouth in that form again. And this is not to be like some hard man, you know, like, I'm going to kick someone's ass or anything. It's just that's how fed up I am of people thinking that they can insult me or us in that way. But it has happened since then. People wander around with slurs just casually hanging out their mouths. Like, I've heard people just say it. On Trans Day of Remembrance last year, I was waiting for my friend outside Leeds train station. Bear in mind, coronavirus pandemic, a bunch of unmasked pricks walked out of a betting shop, and one of them turned to the other one and called him that word. And I just was like, why? Like, what do you get out of it? Does it make you feel like a big man to say a slur? Why do you enjoy it? What's the point? Is it just another insult? Are you homophobic? Or are you one of those people who's like, Oh, well, I didn't mean it like that. I just, uh, oh, it was a joke. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, mate. Because that's what happened when those two guys said it at the football match. I don't understand what people get out of saying slurs. I don't understand why people need to do it. It's really, really sick if you ask me. It might not be physical violence. But genuinely, being called that word by someone that I thought was my friend has had a profound and long-lasting impact on me. It's made me trust people less, because someone that you think is your friend could turn around and call you a word that's incredibly insulting and demeaning and demoralising. For no reason. Because you made a joke about them being on time. Cool. Good to know that that's where your allyship lies.
I don't think I'm ever going to understand people that use slurs that don't apply to them. I don't even like hearing other LGBT plus people say that word. Because it's just a nasty word. It's just a really shitty word. But it's the same as people that sing the N-word. Or say the N-word casually. Or use other racial slurs. Or make fun of disabled people. I don't... Like, what do you get out of it? What is it? Why does it feel so good for you that you feel the need to do it? I don't understand. And I don't think I ever will. You know, when you're young and you're ignorant, I get it. Full-grown adults using slurs. It's just bizarre. The whole reason that I wanted to make this episode was to highlight that LGBT plus people, we get this kind of shit way more than you think. There's a reason why our patience is finite. There's a reason why we can lose our temper with people quicker than you think is fair. The amount of times that I've seen allies be like, all right, I didn't mean it that way. God, oversensitive. And it's like, your one slip is our entire existence. Your, I didn't mean it like that is our... I do mean it like that. I just don't own up to it. One of the things that happens all the time is that you see transphobic people at the minute saying, I'm not transphobic, but... And then they say something that's horribly transphobic. And when people say, you are transphobic, they're like, oh, everything's transphobia these days. But why do you... Why are you the arbiter of what is and is not transphobic? Why do you get to decide what is and is not hurtful to trans people or to gay people, bi people, anyone in this community? And even broader than that, Why is it that the people that aren't offended by the stuff get to decide whether it's offensive or not? Where's your threshold? Like, yeah, I got called the F-slur. That's probably not offensive to some of you. Would it have been okay if he'd have screamed it in my face? Would it have been okay if he'd have thrown me down the staircase? Like, that's where this starts. This is why slurry rhetoric and things like that are really frightening for us. Because it's the tip. It's the very tip of the iceberg. Once you start using dehumanising language, how far really is it until the other stuff comes? Like, everyone will just... Like, the word tolerate. Christ. The word tolerate is the most annoying thing in the entire world, honestly. I don't want you to tolerate me. Like, I tolerate it when my pizza comes and it's got really watery mushrooms on it. I tolerate it when I'm sat in a room with someone that's chatting absolute garbage and I can't wait to leave. I don't want you to tolerate me. If you don't like me, if you don't want to be around me, don't. But don't expect that it's me that has to go to make your comfort easier. You go. That's the way that I look at this whole thing. I wish people understood that LGBT plus people don't just make up scenarios so we can be offended. Our entire life is a maze of what's going to happen today. It's why I feel a lot of kinship with cis women and it's why seeing turfs freaks me out. Like I was walking down the street yesterday, I had my headphones in because I get very uneasy in public and some random hetero guy came barging up to me. And was like, do you work in a barbershop? I was like, no. Oh, oh, I thought I recognised you from a barbershop. I was like, why are you talking to me? Like, you can see that you're making me uneasy with your very presence. I fear that some of those people literally enjoy that. They like making people uncomfortable. Why? What do you get out of it? I'm never going to understand that mindset. But I'm also never going to understand the mindset of someone that would use a slur. It's such a low move. It's so easy to just say a word. And all the people that are free speech police and everything. If there was a slur about you, you would understand why free speech is bullshit and why there should be limits on what people say. Or at least, say the slur. But be prepared to have your jaw handed to you in a fucking sack. Because seriously, if you don't understand the connotations of why that word's so offensive, don't use it. 
It'd be like using the longest, most complicated word in the English language with no idea what it meant. You don't understand the connotations behind it, so why are you using it? Sometimes I wish there was a slur for, like, the people at the top of the tree, the people that have absolutely no problems whatsoever. Because if there was, the threat of that word existing gives you conniptions. And I would love for it to exist and to never fucking use it, just to prove to you people that it is so easy to not say a slur, to not be offensive. Allyship is not conditional. It's why I get really mad when it doesn't really happen that much anymore, but if a trans person does something wrong, you'll be amazed how quick people will jump to misgendering them. And it's like, bad trans people are still trans people. You don't get to deny their identity just because they're an arsehole any more than you would do that to anyone else. It doesn't make sense. It's a shitty move. And if you would misgender a trans person you don't like, what does a trans person you do like have to do to push you so far that you'll do that then? These are the kind of thoughts that the LGBT plus community we carry around with us all the time. You know, how much of an ally is this person? Are they really okay? Are they going to screw me over if I say or do the wrong thing? It's bullshit. And there's an extra layer that we just have to carry around with us all the time. Whether it's, do we tell people? Are we safe? Am we going to be okay? Are we going to be slurred? And it's really difficult. The thing is, just to kind of leave on a cheerful note, there's a lot of beautiful things about being in this community. It's not a perfect community. It has its problems. But I've made some awesome friends that are part of this community. And I've been supported by it a hell of a lot. It's not perfect, but it's a community that I'm glad that I'm part of. Because I feel like if I wasn't, I'd just be another generic offence merchant. Being part of the LGBT plus and meeting other people that live different lives has given me a lot of perspective on how I want to be as a person. And it should do the same thing for everybody, whether they're part of this community or not. Meeting other people that live different lives than you, it shouldn't be an instant red flag. Your back shouldn't come up because people live different lives, because people love different loves, because people look different, sound different, act different. It's a chance to learn, it's a chance to grow, and it's a chance to be a better person. And a worrying amount of people fail at that. They see people that live different lives, they get angry about it. it makes no sense. It's narrow-minded. You're a human being. Grow up. Be more mature. Be more intelligent. You can do it. Surely. It seems like a lot of people fail at that. I think that this community has a lot of beauty to it. I also don't think that it should exist. I don't think that we should have to. This community exists out of necessity. There's a hell of a lot of traitors to this community who will attack other facets of it or denigrate other facets of it. And that makes no sense either. We are all in this together. And sure, more people have been lumped on as the years have gone by. Or have they really? If you actually look at classic prides from the 70s, there were signs up then saying we're here and we're queer. But at the end of the day, we are all in it together. There's a reason that this community exists and why we take on more letters. Because we have to look after each other in a world that says if you're not like us, then you're wrong. And we aren't wrong. The sad truth is, we are part of the diversity that is a huge world filled with people. We don't hurt people because we love same-sex couples. We don't hurt people because we transition. We don't hurt people because we have no sexual urges. We're just people that exist. And I don't understand why this is such a complicated concept. There are some wonderful people in this community, and there would be even more, but they've been taken away from us by the disgusting rhetoric that gets pushed against us over and over and over again. And that is in no way the fault of ours. 
The only people that can actually help this community, the only people that can actually do the work are the people that aren't in it. All we can do is exist and do that without fear. But ultimately, it's the people outside this community that need to do the work, that need to help us, that need to big us up, protect us, platform us, listen to us, push our ideas, put us first. So ask yourself whether you do that if you're an ally, if you count yourself as an ally to this community. Do you listen to the people out there who put themselves out there every single day? Do you listen to what their lives are like? Do you imagine what their experiences are like? Do you roll your eyes when they tell you a story or do you actually think about what it must be like to live like that? Because it's really, really easy to say you're an ally. It's not as easy to do it. There's a hell of a lot of genuine people out there. But if you do the bare minimum, you have to remember that you can't be surprised when this community gets put in more and more danger. It's down to you to help us. So are you going to? Or are you just going to stand by the sidelines and let people like me get called the F-slur? Thanks for listening to Politically Enraged, a podcast designed to discuss politics palatably. If you're interested in following us on social media, you can find me at Davy Moo pretty much everywhere. And you can also find us on Instagram at Politically Enraged, where you can see the blog. You can find us on Kofi in case you'd like to caffeinate me. And you can find us on Twitter at Political Rages. Thanks for tuning in. And remember, stay politically engaged and get politically enraged. Because remember, we deserve better. <laughs>